I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, for our final Holiganza episode... Happy Holiganza. We watched the Japanese film Tokyo Godfathers by Satoshi Kon. Who would like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this? We nominate you. You said you would. We nominate you. Babe, you're showing showing them behind the curtain. And you said that you were going to do it. (laughs) Babe, you're exposing me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll do it. Um, So, I think the basic... The basic of what this plot is, is is relatively simple. We follow three homeless people, uh, an older gentleman, a um, person who is referred to as Okama, and uh, other words in the English uh, subtitle translation that are le- I shouldn't necessarily say on here. But it, it, she's insinuated to be a trans woman. Um, we can talk more about that in detail later. And uh, a younger girl, noticeably younger than both of them, um, who they, they're they sort of almost parental figures for her in, in their mutual state of homelessness. They are going about living their homeless lives. And uh, then they stumble upon a, a baby that was abandoned in the garbage and all have deferring reactions to that. And uh, ultimately, they uh, decide that they are going to try to find the mother who abandoned the child and ask her why she abandoned the child. And so they have to go on an adventure to find out who the mom is. And a lot of things happen. Like a lot of things happen throughout this movie, but that's like the gist of it. That's what the take, movie's about. But they're taking good care of the baby. Oh which, yeah. They're taking they care of Yes. And, and the, the, they, the they prob- go, they go through a, a journey that unexpectedly has them, has them like contend with their life. Yeah. In the process of trying to find the baby's mother, they they have to... To go on their own journeys of self-growth and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we learn about their backstories and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. What did we think of this movie? I didn't know what to expect. I yeah. didn't expect what I saw, but... <laughs> It was a it was a good a good journey, a good emotional journey. It was. It was it was a very great journey, uh very enjoyable, very emotional roller coaster. The humor was Yes. <laughs> but it, it kept me engaged from start to finish. Yeah, it's it's a ride, definitely. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I it's one of those movies that I've always heard a lot about but still didn't really know what its deal was. Um I I've seen Paranoia Agent. I think that's the only Satoshi Kon work that I've actually seen all of. Uh, I've seen like clips of some of his others. Have you seen any of his movies, babe? Uh, I saw pa- Paprika. Oh, you saw oh, Paprika? That was a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. Yeah, my understanding is that a lot of his movies tend to delve more into surrealism. Yeah. Um, and this one's a lot less that. Um, there there are moments, but like it's. It's generally not a, a surrealist work. It's more um, grounded, but... yeah, more more grounded overall. It's 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 interesting. Yeah, it was it was a fun ride. Um, I definitely recommend it. I think I'll need to talk about it to figure out like how strongly. But yeah, I feel confident saying that I recommend it. I think I would at this point too. I mean, say I recommend it because it just again, I I had no idea. I had never. I'm not familiar with this artist. Other than I do think I saw... I tried to show you Paranoia Agent. That was, that was... I tried to show you FLCL and Paranoia Agent back to back and neither were... Uh, that's where that's where that's I a learned a lesson for, about what <laughs> to show you. Much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Paranoia Agent is definitely darker in tone than this. It's, it's very much like kind of about messed up people. Um... But this this is that, but it's, it has a very strong comedic bent to it. There's yeah. drama in here, certainly, but like the, the overall tone is definitely comedic. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it's very heartfelt. I mean, yeah, you really, even though initially I couldn't really relate to the characters as you know, as far as homelessness, never you know. But my gosh, there, there's yeah, it's just very heartfelt, and you really can under you know. You can totally relate to the characters by the end of this. Yeah. Let's get specific. 
By which I mean fun fact time and then getting specific. <laughs> you know you know how it goes at this point. Uh, this is the third film that Satoshi Kon directed and the second film that he both wrote and directed. He was inspired by the 1948 American film Three Godfathers. I haven't seen that film, um, but for any uh, old American film nerds, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> the original story and screenplay were written by uh, by Satoshi Kon and co-written by Keiko Nobumoto, known as the screenwriter of the TV drama series Hakusenagashi and the TV anime Cowboy Bebop and the creator of the TV anime Wolf's Reign. Uh, Kon had previously asked Nobumoto to write the script for Perfect Blue, which I believe was his first movie, uh, but he was turned down at the time, citing her busy schedule. And yeah, I think... Actually, thinking about it, I think I can see some of the comedic sensibilities that rear their head in Cowboy Bebop in here, too. Especially just kind of these misfits, like, being together and just the way that they relate with each other and stuff. He wrote Cowboy Bebop? Not the director. It was the co-writer, and she was writer on Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Okay. That, of course, I did see. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Great, great um, anime. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The idea of this film, according to Satoshi Kon, is that the fiction of miracles and coincidences can be found in the seemingly real life of the homeless in Tokyo. The director's aim was to portray a series of events that could never happen in reality with a sense of reality and persuasiveness that makes it seem possible. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like, obviously, the further the film goes on, you're like, wow, there are a lot of coincidences here. And yes, that is like the point that is that is part of the point that it of of the film i think that's all that i have for right now let's start let's just start talking about the story and the characters and stuff the story was wonderful it was so engaging so nuanced i mean and so the characters just they it's started the off strong yes. yes and they started off strong mm-hmm. but i mean they even got stronger and more they nuanced have big and then, personalities yeah and their and their relationship mm-hmm. um and their dynamics and all just really really was showcased and and just kept getting more intricate and and just wow again you know that they start off well, they're they're to get you know they're together as a group, but they weren't well, as clearly. You have, you have just Jean and ha- and Hannah at first that are attending the like mass that's being given mm, to the homeless yes. or whatever. But th- but then you see um, that Miyuki didn't want to go to that because she's chilling out on a rooftop, and then they both go to where she is and bring her food, and then and then you see you know again, it just starts getting more the the dynamic of them is as kind of like a little family unit and as uh Jean and Hannah kind of being parental figures becomes more and more pronounced and yeah and just and, and basically being like a husband and wife without officially being that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they they definitely have a have that sort of relationship yes yes and and then too it's just amazing how how overall well they take care of this little baby and and that's neat and and it was even interesting seeing their little home unit which was kind of like this tent but in this little kind of like little city with tents yeah almost I've, like a little I played the yakuza games tent city, yeah. so i've seen what tent cities look like in in uh-huh. japan uh-huh. i'm very knowledgeable about those uh uh-huh. no yeah yeah they have it seems to be yeah the the scene later where some crappy guys go and talk and talk about cleaning up the area or whatever is also there's a thing of like that in yakuza which leads me to believe that that is that's a thing that happens unfortunately because people just don't see homeless people as humans a lot of times yeah. it's horrible 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 yeah so so that was so interesting and then the oh it was so interesting all the parts of town they would go into and of course like riding you know the transportation but everything was so detailed and so realistic and and then just event after event it was just the, like whoa everything was very detailed and realistic with like the backgrounds and stuff but mm. I, what i find interesting is the character animation especially like facial expressions and stuff is often not yeah they're often yes. very exaggerated and stuff yeah I, I think hana the most but all three of them have plenty of times where their expressions are very just like over over emphasized like just 
silly and yeah and very anime and and i'm i'm not a big fan of that but again it was you know the the story and all was so engaging that it didn't bother me as much and i think what's also interesting is the the different ways that all three of them relate to this child you know Mm -hmm. you kind of have miyuki who's like the most like it's like a baby. I don't know what you do with a baby. <laughs> like she's she's a kid and she's like, I don't know about this thing. Um, you have uh, Gein who is like at first wanting nothing to do with it. But then when Hana is like not showing that she really knows how to take care of a baby, he shows that he does have experience doing that and like kind of knows what to do and you're like oh he's had a kid before kind of thing yeah he gets um, the bottle and yeah yeah and, 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 and hana is like very wrapped up in the idea of motherhood without actually having any sort of experience or uh, she's very interesting because she's simultaneously very selfish and unselfish at the same time and those those conflict all the time with how she deals with the child it's very interesting you correct me if i'm wrong though too this is what i found interesting about uh miyuki is i feel like she because she was she was the most again standoffish about the baby but as this progressed not only did she get more protective of the baby but then i think she started it was almost like she was seeing herself as you learn more of her backstory which i won't give anything away but she starts almost putting herself in place of the baby, meaning like, almost like she's protecting herself and the baby. I don't know how to describe it, but like that, because even we see in some flashbacks, which I don't think is anything giving away, she, she literally changes places with herself, substitutes something that happened in her past, um, having Hana morph into her mother and Jean morph into her father and then the baby being in the picture. So, you know, again, they're, they're being a family unit and, and, and all. But again, even though she and the baby were both present, and again, at the, towards the very end, you, you see her almost fighting for the baby's rights as much as she's like wanting resolution for her own life. I don't know. It was just, yeah, it, it, I think she, I think she, de- I think all three of them definitely come to care about the baby a lot. Um, and, but not just that, but like the baby stands in. Yes, or, exactly. Or it stands in for different things for each of them. The baby is like paralleling yeah. something in their life. No, I think it's apt to kind of say that in a lot of ways, the baby for Miyuki represents herself in a way. It represents obviously Gein's uh, daughter who who he doesn't hasn't seen in forever. And it, and it represents Hana's like inability to be a mother and like the way that she wants to be the way that society says people need to be well that and also her the baby parallels her in terms of her coming from the streets as well yes her not wanting yes. the baby yeah she talks baby, about that yeah and like what her not wanting things that happened to her for the baby yeah yeah her. and that most definitely. of all her wanting love and that she yeah. wants this this definitely this child to have love and be loved and that in fact is is her hesitation at the beginning. Uh, Jean wants to, you know, immediately bring the baby to um, the police. But at this point with them all finding, they're under the impression that this baby was discarded by, um, by its mother and or father, and that it would just end up in the foster system. And they, and in fact, it's just really heartfelt at the beginning. I mean, throughout many parts, but I mean, Hannah does not want, she's like, can we at least let this baby have a Christmas where it's loved yeah, and not, you know, not in some foster system or, you know, mm-hmm. and not with people that don't really care about it. So, so that's why they hold on to the baby. And then, and then actually the next morning she's gone and, Jean and Miyuki um, go and have to find her. And that's when she's just like, I, before I'm willing to let this baby go and give it to the police, we need, we need to find out. Cause this, again, this is kind of a journey with her. She apparently was abandoned um, at, at birth or whatever. And she wants to know why the mother abandoned the baby before, you know, she's willing to, to just give it away to the police. So that's when they decide to start their quest and find the, the mother of this child. Yeah. I think it's also important to point out that I think a lot of the things that we're saying, again, sounds like it leads to a more dramatic movie. And this movie has a lot of drama in it, but it is also like constantly 
very ridiculous and over the top and and funny like there's a lot of stuff that just made us laugh and there is a point where uh someone gets shot and there is like multiple times where cars will literally just crash into buildings like there's yeah it's a it's absurd sometimes so like this isn't just like this kind of morose tale i think all of these kind of more difficult or nuanced subject matter is is woven well into this this tone and like this this thing where a lot of coincidences and just weirdness and stuff is happening around these homeless people as they go on this adventure it's it's yeah, fascinating yeah and it's neat because the the baby also also exemplifies the miracle of christmas and the christmas miracle and all of that because just yeah yeah it's uh coincidences in like avoiding accidents like that and then it's coincidences in oh we saved this man's life who was stuck under a car uh and oh let we can go to his his daughter's wedding because that's where he was on his way to oh and that's in the general area that we wanted to go anyways right oh he knew this girl or he knows that club and somebody who might know the girl oh, okay that that guy is actually his soon-to-be son-in-law Oh, Gein knows this soon-to-be son-in-law and is very mad and is going to go beat him up. Except then he gets shot by one of the wait staff. The man. The man does that he was going to beat up. Yeah, yeah. it's not Gein. The uh, son-in-law gets shot by one of the wait staff and then Miyuki gets taken hostage. <laughs> yeah, it's just so <laughs> it's much. It's baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but there's it, also a lot of little coincidences that just like are there for a joke like the the soup lady from early on in the movie mm. like is is there while Gein and Hana are talking a bunch about like her her inability to have a child but that she clearly wants one and maybe she'll get like a miracle Christmas baby or whatever and the soup lady clearly is just out of her depth because she's probably very strange she's like I don't know what's happening yeah right. but she also tells the soup lady you need to give me double because yes. basically I'm with a child <laughs> right, right, even right. if it's just emotionally I'm with child right. Right, well, right. it's also a ploy to get Miyuki food, right? Yes. Oh, yes, yes that's true. But thing. then later, as they're like walking, going down on an escalator, the that soup lady sees Hana holding a baby, and it's like <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, or the the um, one cab driver who we just keep seeing like <laughs> three different times after he's already like left, they'll come across him again and, and need his cab services. It's it's great. <laughs> Yes, yes. Hannah's such a dramatic queer, and I love her for that. So much. She's just constantly, like, she, w- I don't, because she uh, seems to have been raised on the street, she probably wasn't a theater kid, but she would have been. Yeah. Well, if she, given the chance. I mean, she's Because she sings and stuff. Yeah, she's a, she's a performer. She worked at a, at a, club. a club where she did singing and stuff. So. so, so that's, she's. No, she's got the spirit. She never loses it. <laughs> no. Yeah, and obviously since we, we find out some of her backstory, the, the, the person that she calls mom, I'm assuming, I mean, you know, is not really. No, it's never. like a community kind of mom. Yes. A mom of like this, this club or whatever that probably to some extent took her in by with offering a job and stuff like that. Like it's, it's not totally spelled out, but like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just so. Oh, do you remember that old guy that Gein finds and like brings him back to his pl- to oh, his his to, know, the, I, to the old guy's tent yes. or whatever? And then like the old guy keeps like having last requests, and then it seems like he's died, and Gein tries to like yes. close his eyes, and but then his eyes are wide open, and he starts talking again, and, and Gein it, just and is like, "Whoa!" And it's almost like a jump scare for the audience because it, well yes, it also showed the 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 wind outside was like blowing these these. Wind, wind spinners, wind spinners and stuff like that and it stopped when it seemed like he died but then it started back up again once he was alive still yeah. was, so funny it was yeah. so there was a lot of comic like that that just was just like oh my god or Hana describing the cab driver as her perfect man to try to like get be like and it, and he's totally alright with the fact that I have close to the amount of fare but not the actual amount yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's it's there's a lot of funny stuff, and these characters are just very they're very fun to get to know. They immediately have very big personalities, and you just get to know them. You you get you get Gein giving like a really dramatic backstory earlier in the movie, and and then as you move along, you're like, is everything he said true? It's 
Yeah. Right. I, I think that was done. Uh, that was just so interesting as, as the function of a, of storytelling to like get your audience in. And so that when you see the guy that he's mad at, you're like, Oh, this must be the guy who brought him into a, a, a bad deal. And then he lost his family. And then later in the film, cause it, you think his wife and child died because yes. he says his daughter died of this illness and he went bankrupt because he couldn't pay the medical bills. And then his mom, and then his wife died. And yeah. And that his friend, uh, said that, you know, we can do this, uh, scheme if you'd like lose a race then you'll you can get money or whatever but they found out and whatever and so then he gets mad at this guy and you're like oh this is it this is the dude and then he gets shot and you're like yeah that guy sucks (laughs) and then you learn oh his daughter is a nurse oh his wife is fine oh he was just a drunk and a, a gambler and he lost their money and he he left them Wow. <laughs> and the guy who was mad at was just the guy who had his debts. Uh, but and- wasn't like purposely driving him into debt or anything. He just owned the debts. And Gein seemed to be a, do a good enough job of getting himself more and more in debt with his choices. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you, you already like him. But you're a little like, oh, he's a liar. But then, but, but then Hannah gets her, uh her her monologue about him and you're yeah. like you, like as as an audience member you also get that um catharsis thank you yes but then you, you follow hannah and she's like he'll be fine <laughs> like yeah. if it's if that's his daughter she'll forgive him and then she feels better you feel better and you're like okay maybe you're not as mad at him <laughs> she talks about the story of like the the oni the red oni and the blue oni or whatever which you and i knew from another anime right just basically a story wherein the red oni wants to like be friends with humans but they're like oh scary oni and so the blue oni's like i'll scare them and then you save the day and then they'll love you but and so like yeah with the implication being like she'll she's like i'll play the bad guy so that then someone is like feeling sympathetic towards you and then i'll leave and like i don't get to have those people but you do it's like it's an interesting thing yeah mm. Anything else with story characters before we mention voice acting? Um, I guess I guess we can mention that the final thing before spoilers that we'll talk about is that um, they do manage to find this girl Sachiko that they were finding trying to find the whole time, who is the the baby's mother, and um, yeah, Gein they- Gein kind of gets separated and is doing his own thing at the time. But Hana and Miyuki like hand the baby off to Sachiko, right? And kind of have was- this like heartfelt like they're they're sad, but it's like doing the right thing or whatever. Right. It was after the the fight basically with yeah. Hana and um. Oh Gein. yes, in the ho- yeah, and the so hospital. Gein was still at the hospital where they were at, and Hana and Miyuki had left with yeah. the baby, and so. They kind of split off. And they see someone trying to jump off a bridge to kill themselves, and it turns out that it is Sachiko. Yeah, and they were looking for her specifically because they had found that stuff uh, in a locker that was with the baby. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, key, here's the bag, here's a picture of this lady, this lady's the mom. And then they found her. Yeah, and Hana actually, you know, like, slaps her like, How, why would you abandon your baby? But she says that her husband... Um, took the baby, and that's why she was going to kill herself. She just couldn't live without her baby. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit of voice acting. For one, unlike uh, his previous two films, in this one, he uh, Satoshi Kon used live-action actors as the lead voice actors. And unlike why people in the West do that all the time, where it's like promotional things of like, look, we have this big-name voice actor. I believe it was, it was done for... Um, I think like the 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 drama and and like just some of their some of the different talents that they might lead lend to it. I, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, that was a choice that was made. Also interesting uh, is that I looked at the English voice cast for the dub for the English dub or whatever, and Hana is played by a trans woman in the English version. Sure. I, I don't believe, I, to my knowledge, the person who plays her in in the Japanese. Dub is not trans or queer in any way, to my knowledge. Uh, but 
the person who voices her in the English dub is like explicitly a trans woman. So that's neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is for how's it hold up or here, but the, um, yeah, the interpretation of Hannah's character and her use of uh, changing her tone for, you know, emphasis, either comedy was, I, I found it funny. I I got where they were going with it, but but yeah, we can talk about if if it held up. But but I thought that was definitely an interesting way to use a, a trans character, and 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 something that is you know unique to them. Let's talk some about animation. While Satoshi Kon's previous works focused on progression of the story, with this one, he wanted to prioritize the theatricality of the characters and their presence above all else in both the scenario and storyboarding. And I think that is super clear in this. Like, yeah, the the theatricality of the characters, uh, both in, like, vocal performance, but, yeah, like, storyboarding, what is focused on and the ways that the the faces animate and stuff like that is, is... this is a character work movie, like first and foremost. It's about like these three characters and a baby. And that's like, you feel it just in the way that everything is framed. Yeah. Hannah is just the example of this with all of her movements. She is forever like dramatic or theatrical. Just, uh, I just love her movements, like her holding her herself. Yes. Uh, when she's like taken aback, uh, I I loved her. Oh yeah. She's very good. Animated. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, other than the, when they do the exaggerated, you know, faces up close, even though I'm not a great, great fan of that. It just, it meshed in with, with all the rest of the animation and, yeah, the animation was just so interesting. Yeah, it's it's not like, um, especially a lot of older anime where, like, they become, like, super deformed and, like, have super huge faces with almost no detail. Like, that's not quite the kind of exaggerated faces that they have here. It It still works with the style and doesn't feel like a shift to another style, like sometimes older um uses of that sort of thing do yeah no i think to me it looks like mimicking of different lenses and lighting oh yeah there's definitely some times like yeah in the uh mm. in the hospital yeah when she is giving her her uh speech at at Gein, it's like it's almost like a fisheye lens is right. on her yeah it's very interesting and then the use of color again is amazing i'm even thinking of this of the scene where Hana and the baby, you know, when she has the baby and they go looking for her in the morning and she's like, I want to find who the mother is. I want to know why she abandoned the baby. It was just so stark. The, the colors, the colors were so muted and, and just almost kind of stark, which again would is, it makes sense. I, I think they were maybe in an alley. There wouldn't have been a lot of light. It was early morning, but yeah, just so many interesting use of colors and I, I kind of on that note, not of colors, but like I'm thinking of that scene. And I think what's really interesting with Hana is that her facial expressions and stuff are so often so over the top that the times where she gets solemn really kind of have a greater impact. I think there'll just be these times like there where where she's she's a lot more muted and her her facial expression is is quieter. And it always it conveys just like this. It's almost when that happens, it's almost a bigger emotion than her over-the-top emotions that she's having most of the time. Because sure. it feels even more genuine. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, again, with the, uh, the fight in the hospital, she storms off and it's very animated. But then she gets to, like, the middle of a walkway and she just kind of, like, the pretense is gone and she, you, you feel it, you feel her drop. It's, it's very, it's very good. The other thing I loved is how the clothes, because it's wintertime and they have different layers of clothes and things, um, just how they move and how they, um, with all the scenes and even like when they transition from something like where they were in the cab or they were running or doing something and then they're not and then they just like pull their, their coats around them or, and then even, I, I won't give away, but in one of the um, after spoiler section where... Um, 
Miyuki um, starts taking off um, layers of her clothes as she's, you know, as action is going on and, and, and the peeling of that or, or different clothes catching on things. I just, I just was so intrigued because again, I just, I feel like the clothes, which were very much, you know, of course, a part of each of the different characters, but they, it was just so well done. It was, yeah. So realistic. they wear a lot of layers and like the, it shows it. It doesn't just feel like, it feels like they genuinely have a bunch of clothes on all the yeah, time with the, the way layers, it's animated yeah, and the way yeah. it's used mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this isn't, this is technically after spoilers, but it's just the credits and the credits. It has like some bouncing, dancing buildings oh, that know. are like, Oh my gosh. It's, are- it's like, it's like someone took a PNG and is like stretching and bouncing it back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's very silly looking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I liked in the, uh, at the beginning, the credits of the film, the credits are on, like, on billboards or on the trucks mm, of, like, yeah. directed by Satoshi Kon as the truck drives up. Yeah, that <laughs> That's was good. That's very fun. What do you think this movie would be like if it were live action? I mean, I think you could do it. I think you could do it. I think you'd have to tone some of it down, maybe? I don't know. It don't depends. Think I think, yeah, because nothing ever really happens that's, like impossible or anything yeah so you can still do it yeah i think i think what would be key to a live action one is having um your three central characters have really strong actors that can have a lot of face face movements and just a lot of like be really over the top but also dramatic i think you've got to be really careful with your casting of those main three and if you get that then yeah i mean you could do it I think um, things would maybe feel a bit more perilous when it comes to a baby in these situations. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, there's elements of comedy that will just either come off different if they're done similarly or might change to, to work better with live action. It'll definitely have a bit of a different feel, but I think you could do it and it could be interesting. I don't know why you would do it. Like, I'm not sure what your focus would be, what the live action would be bringing to it to make it worth redoing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it, if it, you know, I don't know if it's worth it in that respect. I think it could be done, but I don't know if it wouldn't really bring a lot else to it. I don't yeah. I'm not sure what you would, what your pitch would be of doing it beyond just making it in live action. Like that's that in itself is not, on enough disney so yeah well and and again i i it would it would have to be so well done to me to make it work as well as this did yeah because these three characters were just portrayed so well and they were just so nuanced and and their and their interactions with each other and and yeah their dynamics with one another were just so well well done so i would hate to see any of that taken away Anything else with animation? Um. Let's go on to sound design. For one, it's just kind of fun hearing Christmas carols in Japanese. Um, that's yeah. just not like a thing that we normally hear uh, over here. So that's fun. Um, the music in here can be very wacky sometimes. And I think that generally works for me. But it's, it sure is interesting. The um, composers credited on Wikipedia as... Uh, Keiichi Suzuki and Moonriders. I assume Moonriders is a band. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they did an interesting job. There's definitely s- some different points where the music will just really kind of leap to the fore um, of, of a scene. There, I think there's especially there's a montage kind of later of them traveling where where it's at the fore and then with some of the like kind of more high intensity moments. Um, yeah. I think, um, yeah, the it was definitely interesting seeing the beginning of the film before the credits, and then the credit music comes on, and it's very kind of upbeat uh, and goofy, and it feels in contrast to what you're expecting based on that first part. Uh, but no, it fits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting seeing, you know, the the whole like manger scene and i don't know i don't know if it was oh holy night or i don't remember what song they sang but i was when it first started i was like what is this going to be about where (laughs) where are they going with this yeah yeah oh yeah and actually i wanted to say earlier about that intro scene and how it kind of characterizes gene and and hana 
of her wanting, not I don't know, like wanting to believe or being more open to it and, and Gein being more cynical. And yeah, it was good. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Um, interestingly, this is so the 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 big the big thing is like Hana and just kind of how how she's handled. Um, there's definitely um, at least in the the, the subtitles, um, the way that they translated things, some outdated language and stuff um, around trans women and and queerness. There's like some some kind of homophobia like Gein's like says some kind of like mean things but then as the movie goes on and you see that they are basically a family like that that it doesn't feel like it's actually as mean and it's more like playful ribbing I don't know like the the way stuff is in here feels like it is appropriate in context but it definitely is a thing that could be upsetting to a queer person if they're not like prepared for it these subtitles used the f slur multiple times um not generally in a hateful way more like again like hana will describe herself as that or as queer or whatever and gein will call her that and and yeah the the word trans or anything like that is never used it's just like i hear them saying okama which is a word that I don't come from the culture, so I only have a vague understanding of it, but is sometimes used for trans women, sometimes used for uh, cross-dressing men, and it's not super clear. The And just the way that gender identity and stuff works in Japan is, it's culturally a little bit different than here. Um, there are definitely some people over there who would probably identify as trans women in the same way that I do, and then there's some who might it might be more squishy and those people also exist over here too, but just like there's a different language at play here and that affects things. Yeah. Like we're using she, her pronouns, but throughout the movie, I mean, Hannah's pretty much exclusively referred to as he, and sometimes as like bag lady or, or things like that. But it like, there's not a, a clear referring to her as a woman, but then it's pretty clear that she more or less considers herself one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's a part where we go to uh, the place that she used to work at and there's some other people like her, including someone that she refers to as mother or whatever. Like there, there's some other people who clearly seem to be queer in some way to what extent they are, cross-dressing men versus trans women or something in between like it's not clear and it kind of frankly doesn't matter it's a a place that it's okay to be queer is what this bar is it's a place where it's okay to be like different in this way and so it's a safe space for her um yeah like the way that it handles it isn't like necessarily the way that it would be written today either here in the west or in japan like i don't know if it would be written that way now but it feels like it makes sense in the world that we're being shown and it doesn't it doesn't really feel offensive to me but i could see how other people would be bothered by it so just i guess be careful (laughs) um i don't know if what we were watching uh our considered official subs or not so i don't know if it's translated that way and i don't know if the in the english dub since they have a trans woman voicing her i don't know if the translation leans more into that or not yeah that would be I, I genuinely don't know it might not like i, I don't know but yeah. yeah oh and also i guess going back to what i mentioned earlier with her voice and where she used a deeper tone with yeah. being like commanding with the taxi driver or as uh, a joke somewhere or not like as a joke but like feeling like it was emphasizing something in a more comedic way yeah i don't know like and and to my knowledge the person who's voicing her in the japanese dub is just a cis guy uh to, like looking at his wiki there and picture like there didn't seem to be any insinuation of other things i don't know him i don't know his life <laughs> um but like so there's there's an extent to which is hana considered more an object of humor and mockery than she should be because of the sort of person she is. And I don't know. Your mileage will vary. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I loved her, but I can see why other people would not take her 
the way that she is presented throughout the movie as well. I don't know. I think it's going to kind of be up to you. It's not super clear cut, I think. Of like, it's not like a super clear cut thing where I can be like, yes, this movie is transphobic. You know what I mean? It's just, sure. it's messy, which is pretty appropriate for what this movie is. Yeah, I was happy to delve into her more. Yeah. when Whenever we kind of saw her family compared to Gein or Miyuki, hers was more unclear. Yeah. Uh, with like less obvious people like Miyuki. At some point we saw her dad, we saw some man on the train who recognized her and she ran away. And so that was a, a clue about her connections. Gein talked about his wife and daughter early on. We saw him being able to take care of a child. So insinuating, okay, he had a family. But Hana, it took a bit before the the scene. Um, like we saw Gein, they were, Gein, Hana, and Miyuki uh, were separated. It was just Hana and Miyuki. And Gein uh, was just, like, beat up by some guys the doing the cleanup stuff or whatever. And then a woman appeared to him, an angel appeared to him, asking if, if he would prefer her magic or an ambulance. And he said ambulance, and she got mad, and it cut uh, away. And so uh, whenever Hana went to a place, um, I guess... I'm, I think it's some sort of queer bar. Like, I'm not well, sure exactly. I, I forget previously... They were, were they hungry? Like something, basically the, something. The reason they went there? Yeah. I don't remember. Or to get warm or something because the baby maybe was cold again. Yeah, I think so. Basically, she was forced to use contacts that she didn't want to. And she didn't tell anybody that she had. Uh, I guess she knew the area and was like, I've got, I've got to go back. I've got to go here. And uh, yes, it was this club. And we didn't know who the lady was in relation to her. And then she called mother. Uh, but that was all nice. Uh, and it was an interesting You way. didn't actually say, Gein is there. Gein is there. Yeah. Because they- Gein is there. And so is the angel that appeared to him, which is clearly like one of the people who works here in costume. Yes. So, so you know, that's a place. Because it's a mo- when you have that moment with him earlier, you're like, is this Satoshi Kon dipping into surrealism again? But uh, no, it is like there is literally a person there and she just is in a costume. <laughs> uh, yes, it's hilarious. But but yeah, so dipping back into her or dipping into her past at all when we had no inkling of what it might be. Uh, I, I appreciated that. I liked that. Yeah. But, and but, I, sorry, I was going to say, but I thought we found out that she, I don't know if she had a husband or, or she had a oh, partner. Yeah. yeah we'll I don't know that it, I, it's not clear. I, she would imagine she didn't have a husband. I imagine that she had a client who really liked her a lot. <laughs> mm. Is kind of what seemed to be insinuated, especially with there's a picture there or whatever. Yeah, mm. but but yes, even then, we, we learn even more about her. And yeah, I think what's interesting with her in contrast to the other two is that their backstory and the people that they that still exist, that they relate to, is, is their literal blood family and that's just not a thing that's available to Hana mm. the, her her family that we see in a flashback and that we see her visit is found family it's it's yeah. these other people like her um, because she doesn't have a, a, a former husband to go to or a kid or a parent like she has these people and I think that's yeah it's interesting and it's pretty true to a lot of queer people's experience Unfortunately, because just unfortunately, a lot of times ties are cut to blood family for queer people. I'm very lucky in that regard, but I love you, Mom. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to 49 minutes and 54 seconds. So wow, so much happens. In so we said that they gave the baby to Sachiko, who they thought was the actual mom. But then Gein finds that the dad, the dad or the person who was with Sachiko in the pictures, finds his apartment and talks to that guy. And we find out that it is not Sachiko's child. Her she had a stillbirth and then stole a child. And he From the hospital yeah. right, and then he was horrified by that and ended up putting the child in the garbage in the hopes that the cops would find it, but also you know 
instead of bringing them to the cops where he could maybe be implicated in having stolen a child. Uh, so he's, you know, he didn't make great choices either. And then when we see Sachiko, she was going to kill herself, and but then she does it because she has the kid. But then they start chasing after her, and she's, uh, yeah, she's kind of a, she's a, a woman who's uh, undergoing some mental stress that has put her in a bad way and made, and she's making very bad and harmful decisions and they have to chase her down to try to get uh, the kid back. (laughs) And then she literally, it ends up on a rooftop. And this is where I was saying that Miyuki is on the rooftop with her and is telling her to please give her the baby that if she's going to, if, if she's really wants to harm herself, don't have this child, you know, harm, but she's, jumps off with the baby but um and then Miyuki catches her and then like has her but then Miyuki starts to fall and that and Gein and Hana are finally getting close enough to where Gein catches her but then the baby falls and so Hana jumps off and catches the baby and like lands like on a a ledge. a ledge on the building but then slips off and then grabs like a a big tapestry poster thing and but then it comes off and she's falling and then a miraculous gust of wind from god himself <laughs> blows it <laughs> so that she's able to gently float down and she's fine so, <laughs> and she and the baby, the baby is fine so much <laughs> it's like the most overt just like coincidence that could possibly happen because which yeah it's ramping up throughout the movie so it makes sense that we have this final basically the hand of god coming in and saving hana and the baby yeah yes Um, and then they all uh, go to the hospital um and the actual parents of the kid get to have their child back um and and then the movie ends with uh, the the cop who's there with with them is like here these homeless people are the ones who actually saved your kid well, and, and they want to make them the godfather right right they want to make these people who saved their child the godfathers of of the child and then the door opens and the cop who's with them is uh, Miyuki's dad and they're that's all just kind of everyone staring at each other moment and then the movie ends yes <laughs> so oh and and. Okay, the little man that Gene say, well, sorry, brings back to his little home for his deathbed, gives him gives him something um, when the the stupid the horrible boys were beating up a little um, before that, yeah, a little yeah. bit before that, but but um, he wants his cigarettes, and so in the hospital, you at some scene you see that there was this big uh, lottery ticket, you know, whatever winning, and. And sure enough, the bag that was in his belongings spills out on the floor and it reveals... I don't the, think it even lottery. spilled on the floor. I think it just no, dropped it, on the floor and opened some. I, yeah, that's the same thing. It's not, yeah. but anyway. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> but you Let's see, clean up. You see, the, <laughs> you see the winning lottery <laughs> ticket. So hopefully, you know, they're going to do, you know, have... Maybe be we, able to get their own Yes, home. we Who get knows? to feel like things will be great. So, yeah, so really, really amazing ending. Baby safe. Yeah. It was a wild ride. It was it a was. wild ride. But it was it was very emotional and funny and just, it was good. It was fun. Anything else while we're in spoilers? No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the film? It's going to be hard because this was so good. All right. Gee. I mean, I guess those guys that are doing yeah. the cleanup. Yeah, that was that was because it just makes me mad. Yeah, so it just makes you mad, upsetting. and it's just so horrible. Even they drag out just the dehumanization the man that was dead, of and homeless I know, people. and he was dead, and they're like, I don't think they be, knew he was dead. But I know, still, and yeah. they're like, wake up, old man. No, they horrible. didn't. I know, it's just horrible. Yeah, no, they're the true monsters of the film. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no it real so villain upsetting. in this movie, but except for they are. Sorry, it's just upsetting to even think about that. So yeah, definitely that scene. Yeah, and that's. I think it. And not necessarily even saying it should be cut or anything. Exactly, it's because important it's to the film. yeah, it's important to the film. It was just the part that up like I was upset, <laughs> didn't yeah. enjoy that part. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's good to acknowledge like, this isn't again when we choose least favorite parts. It's not necessarily this part just shouldn't have been in the movie. It's just the part we enjoyed the least. Yeah. yeah. What was your favorite scene in the movie? 
And if it's in spoilers, be vague. This is going to be hard, too, because mm-hmm. there were so many things that just tugged at my heart. Yeah. So, one of them, one one possibility. One of the times they avoid dying by car crash. Mm. Another possibility. I th- I think my favorite is probably when they're at the, like, party for the wedding or whatever, and stuff just starts going nuts. Either that or... Or the aftermath of that where Miyuki is with the, like, wife or mom. I'm not sure. I think wife. Wife. They're just, like, vibing. They're trying to communicate because there's a language barrier because she speaks Spanish. Uh, and, and they end up, like, just kind of being friends. And it was really heartfelt and nice. That was nice. And Miyuki had a bunch of pictures of her of herself? Yeah, she had she, a bunch of pictures. Okay. She was a bit chubbier, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had a little cat. She did. And I loved the part that that actually might be up there whenever they uh, find the original place where Sachiko, where they're looking for two towers from a certain angle to find out where she lived. And they uh, get in the, mm. what they think the area is and they go into a building that's being constructed well, into under tarps. Yeah. And he's like, Gina's is like, it's nice to find a covered place, but looks like somebody else found it first. And there's cats everywhere, and and uh, Miyuki was just seemed so. And then and then he makes a joke about I'd like some meat right now, and then Miyuki like throws something at him, and it's like, don't you there? And, and at that point, come out. and at yeah, that point, we had already found out that she literally stabbed her dad over thinking that her dad did something to the cat. So like. She'll stab you over cats. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and actually, yeah, that whole scene where they're in the thing with the cats and she gets to be happy with a bunch of yes. cats. To when they discover that the building that they've been looking for is... Uh, de- right there. Yeah. Was and demolished. Demolished. He he opens the door and is like, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're in they're in the, the yeah, building that's yes. demolished. And he like steps over the, the almost pretty much gone wall and then goes to the door that's still standing, uses the keys that they have. that, that, that Just was to with, confirm this is yeah, it. And he unlocks the door and comes in, closes it and says, honey, I'm home. And then the door falls. Yeah. Yes. I think that is my favorite scene because just. <laughs> Really All good. the things that keep happening, it was, and oh, it was great. Yeah. There's a lot of really good parts in this movie, is mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, who was your least favorite character in the movie? I'm not going to count those like random people as characters. No. Yeah. Those, those bad Jerks. guys who oh, were. Because no. they're not really yeah. characters. No. Um, maybe Miyuki's dad because he's a cop? I don't know, though. Can I say maybe. The guy, just because he was, seemed annoying, and even though he wasn't to blame, but they get shot. Is he enough of a character? He seemed, he seemed like a bit of a douche. Again, but like, I mean, again, I'm not saying he was helpful. terrible. I'm just saying yeah. he's, he's so, you know, probably my least just because maybe, he just was... What's maybe. his face? Sachiko's whoever he was. Boyfriend? Husband? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to switch to that. Yeah, that guy Yeah, sucks. the husband. Because I just think he just made too many bad choices, and I didn't... Yeah. I think it's going to be him. Yeah, I think so. I don't feel super strongly about it. But and actually, another good scene, just tagging on to the previous <laughs> one, is then it continued to where they talked to a lady yes. who was feeding the cat. Oh, yes. And then slowly all the gossips of the neighborhood were like, yes, well, I heard whatever. Was yeah. So funny. And like, it'll, it cuts between them, like, l- like going through kind of the wreckage of the home, see if they can find any clues or anything like that. And this lady who's gossiping, and they're just, it's steadily more ladies gossiping with yes, her. Yes, it's so okay. funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Who is your favorite character? This is also tough. This is a little hard. This is going to be hard. (sighs) Because, I mean, it's obviously going to be one of the main three. Obviously. I don't think it's Gein. I love him a lot, but I don't think I'd say he's my favorite. I think it's going to have to be Hana for me. It's going to have to be Hana. I really like um, Miyuku. 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 Nope. I keep still just keep trying. Let's see. Let's see if you can get it. <laughs> You're really close. Wait, hang on. Miyuki? Yeah! Yay, Miyuki. Miyuki. I really like Miyuki, but I don't know. Just Hana. I think it's going to have to be Hana for me. I think I have to agree. 
I think so too, but it's pretty close with Miyuki. I do love Miyuki a lot. And I mean, Gein's not that far behind. I just, it, I know it's one of the, the two mm-hmm. ladies. Yeah. I think Hana. I mean, she's the queen. Well, I mean, she was so, again, like the animation with her character was so good always. Of just, she like, just had so many really and, good moments. And things like I know. That. Well, she's also kind of, to me, the little glue that holds the yeah, whole family truly. together. Truly. And even at the very beginning, like scene one, she's trying to keep Jean and Yuki from from fighting and hurting each other. And yeah, yeah, but but you're right. Like they're they're all up there. I liked the part uh, early on in the film whenever Yuki's getting water for the baby, and these guys were kind of messing with her. And it's like, oh wait, like oh you you're with Gein. Like go away. We don't want any trouble because what do they say? Like you're. Like but you're like it, to him, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah, because at that point, you had mostly just seen the two of them fighting, and yeah. so like this confirmation that like he definitely loves her, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They they all love each other in different ways. Um, if Tim Curry were in the English dub, which I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure he is not. I I looked at the the names. I didn't see his name, so he's not. <laughs> Who would he voice? I think the guy that was under the car. Oh, <laughs> the dad. Ooh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, mob boss guy. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I like that. Yeah, but especially as generous as mob boss guy was uh, yeah. with them and stuff, and just again didn't even hesitate to bring three homeless people into the like, seemed like a chill dude for a mob boss guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I mean, he got reason though oh yeah no i mean i'm sure he's done terrible things in his life but no he was chill to them so yeah and again i mean he's and two as i like again he brings him and he's like you know again i mean to to the wedding and and treated them just as if they were any other i was like thinking about if he could be gein and i'm just like i have a hard time like it's hard for me to imagine tim curry like having a hard life i don't know he sounds (laughs) like he has to be the hardest life i can imagine is like Long John Silver. Yeah. And he's still like the leader of a pirate crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He he could feasibly, but I, I really like the mob boss. But guy yeah, idea. I mean, because I can just hear. Same mob. It's Yakuza, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but I can just hear Tim Curry's, you know, just this welcoming and booming voice yeah. and coming in and stuff and, you know, and even, you know, addressing his daughter. Yeah, you, I think I, imagining his voice when he's like stuck under the car. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Just them walking by and it's like, there's a dude. What's there. hilarious is that he, he's like explaining what happened and this woman just slams oh, into this car camera. after her dog starts running off and then she just runs after the dog and does not like clock at all that there's a man under this car that she is like killing, basically. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think he should be him. That's, that's a great idea. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Yeah, this one's tough. I think it's safe to say that we all recommend it. Yes. Other than I don't think I would. I think you would have to have older children because I just don't. I think it's just so involved and nuanced that it would just, it would fly over the head. And and I don't think. Yeah, they might laugh at some of the slightly more slapsticky moments, but I don't. Yeah, they would. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know how much they'd like it. Yeah. Okay, after group consensus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Yeah, I guess. uh, Yes, of course, recommend it. I think one of my main hesitant hesitancies, yeah, to to rate it higher is like being unsure about how Hana's character some parts will be taken. So so I guess it's just like yes, I enjoyed this a lot, but don't take this as a like you you have to see it or whatever. Like definitely be aware or if you're not sure about it and you're not enjoying like how they're how our character is treated like you don't you don't have to watch it like uh so but but i mean i i enjoyed it and i like i like her her mannerisms uh her as a character um uh, so yeah i guess i'll i'll give it a i'll give it a 4 yeah and i i am 
very much in agreement. I definitely would recommend it. I wouldn't re- recommend it again for younger ages, just because I just don't think they would get it. It's just too the dialogue. That I mean, there is, just too, and there's also much. like literal talk of suicide and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. definitely some stuff where it just might be better for a little bit older crowd, right? Um, but yeah, but I definitely for you know for adults um and yeah i very very teens are probably fine yeah teens teens above and i think i would also give it a a four and the only reason that i think i'm not doing it quite higher is i don't i don't know how much i really enjoyed it but i don't know how much i would want to see it again for example um and and then two it as much as I really enjoyed it, 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 it's not like, not like it's so compelling, like, like Totoro or something where I, I want to see that again and again, or even, um, oh, what was it? Um, anyway, so, uh, some other films. Letter to Momo. Yeah. Letter to Momo and things like that. Because even to, as I really do enjoy the animation, but not all of, all of the animation, um, especially when, when they would over-exaggerate the facial features up front is, is my favorite. But again, I think everything was well done. So definitely a solid four. I think I'm going to go 4.25. I, I did like it a lot and I would God, gladly watch it again. I think, I think I was less sure in the beginning of the movie, but as it went on, like, yeah, by the time I got to the end, like, I do think I kind I think I love this movie. I think I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of my favorite mo- like movies that I've seen. Like it's, it's good. Um, there's it's me- It's messy. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're someone who kind of, who, who needs kind of, I guess, more perfect representation, then I I don't know how much you're going to like the, the way that queerness and the main queer character is depicted, but it, it worked for me. I wasn't sure about it in the beginning, but the, as it went on, it, it worked for me. So I, I really liked it. And I am curious what a second watch would be like. Cause definitely some of the delights of it was just like the s- surprise with some of the things that happened. Um, but I think it would still be a lot of fun even without those surprises. Um, yeah. I actually was curious if we would have seen like a lady running with her dog early on when they were walking. Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, yeah. Like, possibly. There were so many... Yeah, Yeah, I... I I like it a lot. I think I'm gonna go 4.25, and I... I I mean, I recommend it. I think this is... I haven't actually seen Satoshi Khan's other movies, but I think, uh, based on what I've heard of them, and what... And having seen Paranoia Agent, that this is probably one of his most approachable works. And so it might be a good way to get into him as, as a director. If, if that's something you're interested in, cause he's kind of one of the, one of the big name ones from around the time where he was active. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I think, I think it's yeah. a good movie and mm-hmm. I highly recommend that you watch it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been an awesome holiganza. So glad that you joined us. For however many that you of this season you joined us, we hope that you have a wonderful season with your family and loved ones. I would love for you to join me on my stream on Twitch, Nana Critter. I would love for you to join me for season two, which is going to be Witcher 3. That will start the first week in January on Tuesday. Off the top of my head, I don't know if that date is. I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah. Join me the first week of January for, again, Witcher 3. I'd love to have you join me. Yes. And thank you all very much for listening. I don't know what we're watching next time. It'll be the new year. I haven't figured it out yet. Sorry. (laughs) New year, new us. (laughs) New year, new us. Yes. Um, (laughs) So so we'll see. It'll, I mean, it'll probably be a Disney thing, I guess, just with the rotation that I do. Uh, But I don't know yet. Uh, We'll figure it out. I mean, the first thing that you'll hear is a short. So anyways, thank you very much for listening. And (laughs) uh, we hope that you will join us next year. Yes. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals two seven nine 
1-800-242-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Sorry, babe, it felt significantly different in my head at the time. And then I said it, and it was like, well, maybe that wasn't worth it. But, you know, it's too late. Yeah, like, you literally said the thing. It's like, yes, it fell on the floor and stuff came out. What's the problem? I'm envisioning the back, like, falling and just everything is all out on the floor. But it's more like it fell and the thing was open and you could see in the back. But that's it not what happened. It spilled out a little bit because but you could see the tickets. Yeah, but like the tickets were coming, but they were still in the bag. They didn't fall on the floor. The stuff fell out on the floor. <sighs> I just, you know, <laughs> you know, it just felt different to me at the time. I'm going to put this at the end. Yeah, just, it's okay. Oh.